From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., there's been a whirlwind of developments in former state Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman's quest to investigate the 2020 presidential election in Wisconsin. Gableman abruptly canceled plans to interview the mayors and election clerks of the state's five largest cities just days after he subpoenaed them. They were told to appear at an office outside of Milwaukee later this month for questioning and to turn over documents related to the election. Then late last week, Gableman notified everyone that the interviews were off. Any word on why Gableman canceled and what happens now? little nuance here. The way it's explained to me by the city attorney Madison, for example, was that if the city officials were willing to turn over documents that had already been produced through open records requests they'd received from others, then they would agree to not require people to come to his Brookfield office to give in-person testimony. Now... Uh, apparently, former Justice Gibbon was unhappy with the media coverage of this development because he went on talk radio Friday sometime late morning, early afternoon, and insisted that nothing had changed. And one of his quotes was that uh, they're going to show up now, all of them, unless we can reach an agreement, especially otherwise. So it's not quite clear what's happening in terms of this. But what is clear is that Gibbon is trying to focus in on private funding from a group that was funded largely by Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook founder. It went to about 200 communities in Wisconsin to help pay for the cost of an election of pandemic. The bulk of that money went to five cities, uh, Kenosha, Madison, Milwaukee, Green Bay, and Racine. He's focusing on that and the role that private individuals played in the administration of the elections in Wisconsin. It's really kind of up in the air, and this kind of gets to the heart of the challenging things of Gable's investigation is that we're not quite sure where he's going, how he's going to get there, and what he's going to find, or when he'll be done. Also last week, Democratic State Senator Lena Taylor announced she's running for lieutenant governor next November. A number of Republicans are in the race, but it appears Lena Taylor is the only Democrat in the race so far. Who else is running or thinking of running for the Democrats? Uh, well, there are a lot of people who are thinking about it, and there's a big difference between thinking about it and actually getting into the race. So Taylor is in. Those who have at least been talked about as possible candidates include Katie Rosenberg, the mayor of Wausau, Sarah Rodriguez, a member of the assembly uh, from the Milwaukee suburbs, John Tate, Racine Alderman, Emily Segrist, uh, who ran for state assembly last fall, Representative Bowen from Milwaukee. There are people who are looking at it and thinking about it, but Taylor is in. Now the question is, who else might get in and who is Governor Evers looking for to run the ticket with him? Remember, in the primary system we have in Wisconsin, the governor and lieutenant governor don't run the primary together. They run separately. So these candidates vying for the Democratic nomination are running without Evers, you know, together. But who might get Evers backing? Will the governor endorse somebody? Uh, some Democrats told me recently that Evers was not endorsing early on, but might get behind somebody later on in the race. Who might that be? Um, you know, Lena Taylor. She brings some pluses to the ticket, right? If she were the nominee, she's nobody's ever going to doubt her passion, her intelligence, um, her oration skills, but she also has some baggage, right? She was pulled off the Joint Finance Committee by then Minor Leader Jennifer Schilling back in 2018 because of an incident 
uh, where she was faced a complaint by a staffer that she'd harassed that staffer and retaliated against that staffer. Uh, there was an incident at a bank where she got into uh, solely conduct, cited for solely conduct for an incident with a teller. Those are things that while Taylor could you know, inspire some people, she also turned some people off. So that's kind of the yin and yang of the Taylor candidacy. And finally, Republican gubernatorial candidate Rebecca Clayfish has called on Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett to resign following an increase in gun violence in the city that came to a head when an 11-year-old girl died and her 5-year-old sister was injured in a drive-by shooting. Clayfish said Barrett is, quote, checked out and should step down now while he waits for the U.S. Senate to confirm him as ambassador to Luxembourg. He's taking a lot of heat over this. What do you think will happen here? Oh, nothing. I mean, I don't get the impression Barrett's even paying attention to stuff like that. I mean, honestly, calling somebody to resign has become almost, the impact has kind of died away because it happens so often. Something comes up, people call for resignations, and it passes. So, you know, look, Rebecca Clayfish is trying to gin up the Republican base to show that she's a candidate they want for the general election next fall. Um, nobody else is really in the race right now, but she's still got to be wary of that right flank, make sure no, nobody's going to outflank her and that she's getting people inspired. And there's one way to do it. I mean, Milwaukee has got its issues. Uh, Republicans aren't happy with Tom Barrett. So, hey, you go take a shot at him. It's easy hit, but it didn't really get much media attention, and I don't think it's going to. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.